Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Second test starts tomorrow, the day-night test. It has become uh, one of the real feature events on the cricket calendar at the Adelaide Oval, one of the greatest places in the world to watch cricket. Australia have already retained the Sir Frank Worrell Trophy, uh, a chance to sweep the series. The big story is that Pat Cummins has been ruled out with that thigh injury. Scott Boland, the hero of Boxing Day last summer, is in, and Steve Smith will captain the side. A man whose analysis is just must-watch every time he steps in front of the screen, and every time he picks up the phone to have a chat to us, he's must-listen. This man played Test Cricket for Australia, well over 100 first-class appearances for New South Wales. Uh, A very, very fine fast bowler in his own right is Trent Copeland. He's been good enough to jump on the line. Trent, hello, mate. Hello, mate. What an introduction. That's very kind of you. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Um... Before we get into this test match, our mind, my mind's just sort of been wandering back to my recollections of 1993. It's almost 30 years since one of the most exciting, thrilling and controversial finishes to a test match when Craig McDermott's helmet uh, brought about our downfall. Uh, he and Tim May almost steered us home on the last wicket. They'd put on over 40, I think it was, and um, it was an incredible test match. Courtney Walsh was awarded the wicket. We find out later that it struck Craig McDermott's helmet. That was back in 93. What do you remember of that day? Well, I was seven years old, mate, <laughs> and uh, I could barely walk, I reckon, at that point. Um, I was definitely playing cricket in the backyard, and I vividly remember uh, watching cricket, and, and not that moment in particular, but the significance of Australia v West Indies and the clashes between these two nations and the you know, now legendary players that were playing in those sort of series. So, yeah, I mean... It was part of the sort of folklore that led me to playing cricket. Um, you know, these heroes playing on TV, but I don't specifically remember that day, mate. Um, the decision to rest Pat Cummins, uh, the right one for you? Uh, look, it's a tough one. But, yeah, look, I think, you know, with the utmost respect to West Indies and I thought their fight in the first test match was, uh, you know, the the character they showed was yeah. incredible to watch. Um, and certainly the... You know, Chanderpaul and Brathwaite at the top of the order, but even the lower order trying to save the game on that last day, you know, that was incredible. But, I mean, there's some pretty big fish to fry coming up, not just this summer, but I'm talking India away, World Test Championship away, and then, you know, an Ashes away as well in the next 12 months. So, yeah, I think it's the right call. Uh, I think we're very, very lucky that, the West Indies lost a few early wickets on day five and Pat didn't try and test that out mm. uh, to try and win the game for Australia on that final day in Perth. So a sequence of events that, you know, had he had to have tested that inside 24 hours, not knowing the severity and done it properly, we could have been no Pat Cummins rest of summer. So I think you know, this is a conservative approach. By all reports, he got through training pretty well. Um, but, you know, it's a different... Uh, kettle of fish to be getting through training okay to being out there in the heat of the battle in a test match. Are we getting our heads around just how good Pat Cummins has been? His record is phenomenal. Uh, 200 wickets, he brought that up in his 44th 
test, I believe it is. Um, only Gwen McGrath has a better average for those who have taken over 200. and Nobody has a better strike rate. Considering how much cricket he missed early in his career, bursting onto the scene as an 18-year-old and all the back stress fracture-related stuff that he had to go through, the amount of cricket he's missed. I mean, this guy is uh, already, you'd think, an all-timer. And you, you, your mind boggles at what might be for him. What do you think of when you, when you think of Pat Cummins and, and already his record in the game? Well, and you like the couple of things that just blow my mind, mate. Uh, he's also now captain of Australia. Yes, you know, there's not yeah. many bowlers in their lifespan that got the chance to do that and do it really well and, and hold his own through some controversial moments. And I think how he handled himself in the lead up to this Test summer was, you know, under some pretty tough questions. You know, really, really impressive just as a human being. But he also never bowls with a brand new ball, mate. No, he's always bowling with a ten overall ball to set batters, you know, yes, he breaks partnerships and then gets an opening to a new batter, but, I oh mean, it, it's just special. And, you know, we're about to see Kagisa Rabada come out uh, and play for South Africa, who's very much in line with Pat's numbers strike rate-wise. Mm. And it's, I find it really hard, you know, these guys being peers and, uh, got, you know, I've grown up playing with Pat Cummins and uh, Steve Smith and the like and talking them about them as legendary figures and potentially some of the best that's ever played the game. I find it hard to comprehend exactly where they sit, but man, they're just, they're special players. And, you know, you throw Manus into the mix there as well. Uh, are you, given you just said you grew up playing uh, with Steve Smith, I may reckon I know the answer to this, but you might shock me. Are you, are you comfortable with the fact that he will take the captaincy uh, in Pat's absence? Oh, yeah, no yep. doubt. I mean, I think anyone that is sitting there, you know, on a high horse saying that he doesn't, you know, have a place there that, you know, it, I think is misguided um, and without knowledge of the person and the backstory outside of, you know, the obvious uh, misdoing and wrongdoing, should I say. The person, there couldn't be a more passionate person about Australian cricket, uh, a person that loves the game and literally just plays for the enjoyment of the game, the pride in his country. And I think, mm. yeah, like he did last year when Pat missed this test match, uh, funnily enough, in Adelaide as well with COVID. Um, you know, he's now stepping in and I think will do a good job in Paddy's absence, whether it's one game or a couple. Speaking of Trent Copeland, um, well over 100 first-class appearances for New South Wales, now part of Channel 7's cricket commentary team and an important part of it. My objection to it has got nothing to do with Sandpapergate, Trent. I just think that the man is an absolute genius who's obsessed with making runs. So let him go be obsessed with making runs. We look at the the change in the technique that would have been hours and hours in the preparation and the planning for and the work that's gone in. Um, I just think let him go and do that. Let someone else worry about all the other media commitments and the planning and the strategy, which he will chime in on when required and when he can. But just let the genius go be the genius. Well, and I guess that was the the question mark around Pat Cummins. You know, he's got these all-worldly numbers, the best bowler in the world. Yeah. Why, would you, why would you ever put the extra pressure on him to maybe detract from that? Uh, in, in my opinion, some people lift when that's their responsibility. And look, I don't think it would take anything away from Steve's uh, genius. And we mm. saw that, you know, when he was the permanent captain of the team. Um, the other thing is, he already does it on the field. Yeah. So, yeah, you throw in some press conferences, some extra questions coming his way. But, I mean, when he's batting, first and foremost, he's a problem solver, one of the quirkiest guys ever, and he will not be thinking about anything other than the next ball coming down. 
And then when he's in the field, I mean, he's relentless with his ideas. Uh, and he's probably worse when he doesn't have the captaincy <laughs> because he can't make those changes that he wants to make. He's a pain in the ass. Uh, <laughs> hey, Trent, yeah, uh, S- Scott Boland uh, is the, the, the man that comes in. Uh, there was talk around, do you unleash Lance Morris, who needs to get a new nickname because Sean Tate and Ricky Vaughan from Major League have got the wild things sewn up. Um, he's been really impressive and, and a tearaway quick. Michael Nisa came into this squad and there's a lot of chat about, gee, I wonder if uh, we should bring him in now. But surely Scott Boland had deserved the right to be the next cab off the rank. Yeah, I mean, people are talking about it just because they were two later additions, but there was no question. Like, this wasn't even a conversation, I think. The conversation probably happened pre-test one on, you know, should we play Scott Boland anyway? Um, and, yeah. you know, that's how well he went last summer. And it's obviously where he sits amongst the hierarchy of, you know, Australian bowlers right now. And it's just a luxury that we have guys as good as, you know, not just Lance Morris and, and Michael Nisa, but, um, you know, numerous others that sit alongside that in, you know, Steckity, Abbott, numerous others uh, around the traps. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good resources that we've got, but Boland's the right play. He deserves it on the back of what he did in the Ashes last summer. And, yeah, I've got no doubt, not only will he play, but a good mark of Australian cricket, as it's always been. You referenced that era of the 90s and the, the early 2000s. They don't just come in and play. They come in and dominate, and I expect him to do that. Uh, Trent, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you as part of Channel 7's coverage and look forward to chatting to you again soon. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Uh, Trent Copeland with us on Afternoons to Tobin Brothers Funerals. Visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Uh, Lost in the Wash up next.